0: Hi, everyone. Welcome. This is your CyberPath. It's the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job. I'm Kip Boyle. I have Wes Schreiner with me. We're experienced hiring managers. We've hired a lot of cybersecurity people, and we want to share what we know with you. We want to make what is um, not easy to understand about the hiring process a lot more easy for you. Now, if you want to give us uh, any feedback on on the show. If you want us to answer a question in a future episode, please visit the show page. It's at anchor.fm forward slash your cyber path. That's all one word. When you get on that page, you're gonna see a button it says message. You click that and you start talking and then we will hear from you. And I would love for you to do that. Okay, so let's uh let's get right to uh, the episode. So okay, I gotta give you, you some just news submitted your resume. you
1: I got to give you, you some completed. news before we get okay, started. Okay, go ahead. Kind of a big week this week. All right, go. I graduated with a master's degree from uh, University of Washington, Tacoma, with a master's in cybersecurity and leadership. So I'm all educated and we right. are ready, ready to go. It's going to be fun.
0: <laughs> Dude, that's that's not easy. I remember talking with you about, you know, just uh, how much work that was and, and stressful to be doing that at the same time as working a uh, a full time job, uh, managing uh, you know teams of people, I, I I'm impressed, man. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. It was a it was a very cool program. It was split with a, a business course as well as a technical course. Each uh, each quarter uh, mm. on your way through, and and I've got to I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some props out there for the business side for the business courses, understanding your emotional intelligence, understanding team dynamics, understanding strategic organizational change, those are all key components of a solid security mm. professional. And so, uh, while the technical side is something we all need to understand and will grow in, uh, that business side is how we grow our business as we do it. So uh, it was really a, a oh, neat yeah. pairing for a, a master's program. Well, that's
0: fantastic. It sounds like the cybersecurity programs are getting um, more sophisticated and more relevant in their curriculum compared to you know what what they used to be like five to ten years ago. So that's fantastic.
1: I don't. I didn't look at them five to ten years ago, so I'll trust you on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, you should trust me on that one.
1: <laughs> I will.
0: Okay and that was university of washington right
1: that is and thanks for letting me interrupt you there that was uh that was kind of a big accomplishment this week very exciting so uh had the family out and and, uh had a barbecue
0: oh wonderful wonderful okay so here's here's our episode for today so (laughs) imagine you submitted your resume and job application you uh hit the submit button and very anticlimactic, right because Um, you know, there, there probably isn't a noise. Nobody's, nobody's thanking you, you know? And so off it went. And now you're like, okay, when are they going to call me? Like, I really want, I want this job. I want to work for this employer, but they never call you. Ah, what went wrong? So did you do anything that caused your application to be rejected? You don't know, right? It's possible. It's possible. But what really happened? Let's talk about that.
1: So today we're talking about the filtering mechanisms and how do we overcome those filtering mechanisms to get through. And I got to tell you, life right? on the farm, <laughs> life on the farm says the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen was when the well started working for the first time and we got water shooting out of the dirt. And that was the coolest thing ever. I got water out of dirt. Um, I love that well <laughs> and and what it could do, right? Uh, for this city boy moving to the country and then and then living on a well was was one of the coolest pieces. But you need to understand, you can push the water out of the well and you could drink it probably. Um, but have you had it tested? That water has to be filtered before it gets to your, your house, before you start drinking it, because there's all sorts of minerals, there's all sorts of chemicals, there's all sorts of bacteria that can grow in that well. And so uh, hmm. after you've got the water coming out and you start to think about plumbing it, you've got to put an electrolysis system or a salt uh, filtering system, any of these systems are five or $10,000 just to get that water confirmed as clean before it gets to your kitchen faucet. That's if you have wow. your own well at your own house. And I'm sure there are, are, are hackers on this who are going to pipe in and say, no, man, you can do it for way cheaper. Just just do this, this, and this. And God bless you. Thank you. But um, I'm, I got a full-time job right now, buddy. <laughs> and so we're going <laughs> to we're gonna just go with the, the filter system for getting the well water into your house is five or $10,000 and a lot of work. And the same is true in that job application filtering process that we're gonna be talking about mm. today. It's a lot of filtering that happens before you even get to the hiring manager, right? Uh, we talked before in a previous episode about how you've got about 30 seconds in front of that hiring manager or your resume does 30 seconds to a minute uh, in order to make that decision. But there's a lot of things that happen even before you get to that point. So, so let's take a look.
0: Yeah, in fact, hiring managers don't even know all of the resumes that are submitted. We only get to see the stuff that the recruiter believes is, uh, you know, like the best, uh, the best of what was submitted. But yeah, that's a that's a that's a very filtered kind of a thing. Let's talk about that. But I I want to first start by saying that uh, hiring is a highly regulated activity. <laughs> Right, we have to be very careful. There are laws, uh, regulations uh, from you know federal and state governments. There are internal policies, right, corporate policies that also layer onto this. So there's a lot that we have to pay attention to. And so we do not reject job applicants based on protected status. So you know we're not going to filter you out because of your race, of your skin color, your religion, your gender, your national origin. Your age, right?
1: A long list. It could be any number of things. Let's just mm-hmm. let's just say that list may change.
0: Yeah, and it and it does change, right? Um, and there's more than what I said, but the point is, is that I just want people to realize is that this screening process is is or the filtering process, right, is is a weaning out, right? We're trying to identify, uh, and I'll try to use a a, a farm metaphor, right? We're trying to get the cream to float to the top. <laughs> we want to skim the cream.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: There you go. Um, but now, so those are things we, those are uh, reasons that we cannot you know filter somebody out, but there's plenty of perfectly legal, perfectly ethical reasons for not uh, moving forward with a job applicant. And Wes, what are some examples are right off the top?
1: Well, let's just make sure we're putting our best foot forward, right? If we come forward with uh, incomplete sentences, uh, spelling errors, uh, gerund phrases, missing words, uh, simple stuff that we know we can tidy up before we deliver it. Uh, I've mm-hmm. seen resumes that don't look like the person who wrote them read them before they sent oh, them no. in. And we've, we've got to be putting our best foot forward. Make it easy to read. Make it something I want to read, right? Uh, don't make it generic. Mm-hmm. Let's Let's keep it personal and professionalized to what you do don't leave big gaps in unemployment unless you have a plan for how you're going to talk about them. Uh, And let's uh, a a lot of these automated engines say, well, how much money do you want to make on the, on the application? And it's possible to leave that blank or put a $1 sign in there because it, it doesn't make sense to be talking money before you've had a conversation about what the job really is.
0: And, you know, that's a great point that, um, that recruiters the people in the HR department and the hiring manager are not always aligned on that. Right. So what you just said was interesting because if that was universally true, then, then uh, a, a candidate would never be prompted for a uh, comp requests that early in the process. So um, yeah. So there, there's, there's all kinds of like little misalignments that, that can happen in the filtering process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so okay, what other yeah, things I can, can think
1: you of, think
0: of? Yeah. I can think of some other stuff like, um, for some companies and in some industries, they're looking for candidates that have high tenure in their previous jobs, right? So if they perceive you as a job hopper, then they might filter you out because they they're they're concerned that you're gonna show up and you know you're gonna be there for a couple of years and then you're gonna take off. And so culturally that might not be a good fit.
1: Let's flip that and also say uh, some companies are looking for people who move every couple of years and are not interested in what they call dead wood right so mm-hmm. it can go both ways on that one right it's really about the corporate culture when you're when you're looking for that one
0: yeah yeah so you have you've got to know right mhm you do a photograph a photograph do not in the United States of America do not attach your photograph no <laughs> just don't Dear, your job application i know uh from hearsay that in other countries um that it, it's expected to include a photograph but but not not in the u.s i no. i have never seen that um make sure your resume does not uh have one page for every year that you've worked that's too much way 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 too much um you know what you're really doing is heaping work on me you're trying to make me filter your achievements and. I, I'm not going to do that. So, you need to do that. All right. Um, so, brevity, conciseness, that's really important. Uh, I'll filter you out if, 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 uh, if I've got to work too hard. Um, don't write long paragraphs. You want to write bullets. So, it's easy for me to do skimming. Don't misspell mm-hmm. important words. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people spell HIPAA. H I P P A. Don't do that <laughs> wrong. <laughs> don't yeah don't you gotta have that wrong. stuff yep yep json whatever it is right whether it's an acronym or uh, an actual word that you can find in the in the dictionary be be very careful about that sort of thing um and then your bullets right uh we've talked about this in previous episodes you want to start with an action verb right and uh and the topic has to be in the first five words of each bullet if your bullets are uh, incomprehensible and dense, then I'm just not going to read it and you're not going to get credit. So anyway, so those are some of like right off the top stuff. That's t- all of that is totally within your control. So make sure you pay attention to that.
1: And those action verbs with the first five words for topic, uh, please go back and listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. It's just a couple podcasts ago and well worth it. If that's not making sense to you, spend some time on that because that is worth its weight in gold. There's some, there's some other mm-hmm. reasons we, we, may, <clears throat> we may not get through that are not failure reasons. There's, uh, I mean, this is a dynamic environment, right? Uh, change is continuous in the technology space. The, the hiring manager may have just forgot to mention that they need to see cloud experience on the resume, right? Oh, <laughs> so they just mentioned mm-hmm. that to the recruiter after the job description's already been published. Uh, Now only those with cloud on the resume get through, and you'll have no idea why you didn't get through. Right? Uh, It's not on the job description. Right. Maybe, maybe somebody with your same name used to work at that company, and and by by luck you're on the do not hire list accidentally. Right? That would be a weird but possible reason. Right? Uh, Some companies actually filter people based on having too many applications in a short period of time. Right? If If you're taking a shotgun approach and scattershot, uh, I'd like to apply for six jobs at this company, some at the director level, some at the uh, technician level. And I'm hoping that they will be able to filter me across those six roles. It's likely you won't be considered for any of them. So be very specific in what you're pursuing Mm -hmm. in a small window of time. Now that may change over a, a period of time, like six months later, you could apply for a different type or level of job and have a reason for that. But, but be purposeful in what you're applying for.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, we've talked about this before, and I think it's an apt thing to mention that when you're seeking employment, what you're really saying is, I want a relationship, right? And so the things that you would not want to do on a one-on-one, you know, basis with a, with a potential, you know, romantic interest or or you know, <laughs> just like somebody that you want to be friends with, um, you know, don't come off as being desperate for crying out loud, you know? And some of this some of this stuff like, you know, sh- applying for six uh jobs all at the same time at different levels, I mean, that just uh there's a lot of desperation that comes across with that, and that's not attractive.
1: Understand there's not a bait machine on the back end that will do a referral. If you get considered for one role, you may be considered for those other roles as well if they're a natural fit. You know, some companies yeah, also Some
0: applicant tracking systems do that.
1: They do. Some do, some don't. Some companies take a referral from from someone inside about a person. Uh, Let's say uh, uh, somebody you used to work with named Bob. Bob uh, uh, works at that company. Bob gave an opinion about you two years ago uh, for a specific job. It didn't come back good enough, and and you may never get invited to a recruiter discussion at that company ever again. You'll never know why. But that company held on to Bob's opinion about you, and there's no no easy way to overcome that in today's America. Now, the California privacy laws are changing that, and I'm loving what's happening in that space, right? Tell me everything you have on record about me is a very interesting story uh, that as it rolls out to the rest of the country is going to, going to change some of the hiring practices around this idea. But uh, bottom line, it, it may not be in the job description, and you may never know why you were passed over. So do not single-thread your job search. Multi-thread everything you're doing all the way to the end.
0: Right. But that doesn't mean six applications at the same employer, just to be clear, True. right? <laughs> it means six applications at six different employers, or 12 at 12 different ones, or whatever it is that you that you need yes. to do. Um, okay. So... I think you can see that some of the things that would cause your resume to be legitimately rejected are in your control. We talked about that. Then there's some things that you have no control over, or just are completely opaque to you. You know, there's no way um, f- for you to know, and that's that's not a good thing. I mean, but it is what it is, and we just want you to 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 be aware of that. Um, but what kidding. else, right? What else, Wes?
1: So much of this industry, uh, the tech industry, as well as uh, what I see in the greater Puget Sound area for, for even non-tech roles, so much is done through networking, through human networking, mm-hmm. through, through a statement, people hire people that they trust, right? Yeah. Uh, we've kind of talked about that when we, when we say your executive part of your resume is how you will speak to my boss and, your, mm-hmm. uh, and some of your other parts of your resume. Well, you're teaching me to trust you by how you've presented yourself. Um, and the human networking piece says I've 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 already got an opportunity. Someone told me you're trustworthy, and that's a powerful powerful thing. So so maybe this hiring manager already knows or likes or, or trusts some of the candidates who applied, and and you missed that window, right? And that's okay because there's other roles out there, and you're going to have people in your network that that are going to trust and like you as well, and going to give you a leg up in that space also.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've seen this over and over again. And as I reflect on my own uh, career, I left the Air Force, uh, you know, over 20 years ago. And every job I've gotten since I left the Air Force was because I knew somebody who advocated for me from the inside of the organization that I Wanted to to work at, and some of those people were the hiring manager, and um and the hiring process was really very simple. Kip, do you want to come and work for me? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was pretty much it. Um, you know, and then some paperwork that that kind of happened on the uh on the backside that I really didn't see, and um, my goodness, I mean, what what a blessing that. That is, when you're able to work your network, right? People who know you, like you, and trust you, and it makes uh, getting your next uh, jobs that easy. So I, the I most important for all, thing for everyone
1: we can do for any of us is, is leave well, right? Mm-hmm. Any role we're leaving, whether it was an easy role or a hard role, whether we had a good relationship with our superiors or not so good, whether we were successful or, or less successful we can leave well and leaving well is one of the most powerful things we can do for making sure our network is going to be strong and looking out for us later.
0: Right. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Reputation. We've got a whole episode on that.
1: We do. And we should make sure we're, we're catching that. So, uh, if, if you've missed that one, that's another go back for, I, I gotta say, Mm -hmm. uh, I do want to shift gears here just a little bit, Kip, if I can, uh, most yeah. hiring managers don't really filter most of their resumes. I, I don't know that that has come out, but I, we talked about the water filtration system up front. Let's talk about the resume filtration system now, right? It's often done yeah. long before it gets to the hiring manager, right? And an employee, I'm gonna call it an FTE or full-time employee application, goes through that artificial intelligence engine and into the recruiter. The recruiter filters for keywords, work experience, and probably some other critical background items. And the contractor may actually, that's the FTE role. If you're going in for a contractor role, uh, hourly or, or SOW type work, Mm -hmm. then the path is even longer. So let's talk about what the contractor path is, right? Uh, The agency gets a job description from the supplier management portal of the company. Uh, So Company A is, has announced we are going to hire somebody in a contract role. They have a vendor management company or supplier management company they go through. They give the paperwork to the supplier management company. The supplier management company distributes that to between three and 20 different contract or contractor agencies who then get to propose candidates for that role. They have never talked to the hiring manager. All they have is that basic job description to go off and sure hope that that's an accurate one. So based on that information, the agency sifts through the resumes in their database and they call you and they say, maybe you could be a good candidate for this role. And if you say yes, they do a recruit interview uh, for what they think is likely what is needed. Right. Uh, Okay, We've agreed that the contractor agency thinks you are at least 80 percent of the job description okay, we're going to send you forward into, uh, into the, job, uh, the job application portal. If those 20 agencies each present three people, you've got 60 applicants all of a sudden, right? Mm. The, re- the requisition is closed two days later with, I don't know, 40 or 60 applicants in there. And you've got, uh, either you made it in that two-day window or not. Then the hiring manager gets to fish through those 50 resumes for some relevancy to what they really wanted to hire a contractor for. Of those 50 that come through, they probably invite two to five for telephone screens that usually last about 30 minutes each. And they usually try to pick one from that pool of two to five people. Hashtag decision made. And that's the contractor process. It's a very convoluted process with a lot of filters involved. It works for the employer but it's a struggle for the candidate because there's a lot of places where there may not be feedback coming back to you and and you just get filtered out of the process
0: Yeah that can be very frustrating there as well and thank you for walking us through that because uh you know not everybody's going to go for an FTE right some people want to um you know to work as a contractor for whatever reason so that's super insightful Um, Yeah, it's a long process with um, not exactly the best, uh, most accurate uh, filters uh, going on there. So be patient, folks.
1: And so I'm going to keep bringing up some interesting parts, (laughs) Kip, if I may. Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So the, the company has a legitimate open position. Company A has a legitimate open position that they're going to hire for that company also happens to have a contractor sitting next to that open chair who is very, very likely to get that job, but the company is required to post that role externally for two weeks and interview all legitimate candidates before they most likely hire the person they had planned to hire in the beginning, right? Mm. (laughs) This is not fun, Um, and, and in some cases, be glad you didn't get that interview because it could be a bigger waste of your time the longer you're in that in that uh, cycle.
0: Right. right. And you'll never know that, right? So you, 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 you've got to um, sort of uh, soothe yourself, right? <laughs> With the thought that that could have been the reason.
1: I had one of my staffers who reached up to me and said, hey, I see this requisition open. It looks really interesting to me. Can you find out if it is uh, something I could go post for? I reached out to the recruiter and the recruiter said, well, they could post for it but that's already given to Bob over here, right? Uh, it's not guaranteed to Bob, but it's most likely gonna be Bob's full-time position. So now mm. it's uh, it's not really something you wanna stick your neck out for unless you know it's a real open position, right? For an internal application like that, right? So this yep. happens again in another way too, right? If the company has hired a foreign national who is applying for US residency or, or a work visa, the process requires something similar, right? The process requires that some 12 to 18 months into the sponsorship process, the company is required to post for the job description specifically that person is doing. They're already a full-time employee. They're already working for the company. And the company must justify the, the work visa with a... Uh, evidence that there is no other domestic worker who could do that same job to the same skill level Mm. as the foreign worker being advocated for. So the company is required to create the job description to publish it to the world, to review some number of applicants and document why they were accepted or rejected at the resume level or at the interview level before that internal FTE is allowed to continue with their work visa process, right? Documentation of the job, the job description, mm-hmm. each application, when and why they were possibly rejected is is required to be presented to the US government to continue the work visa process. And again, I'd like to say, be glad if this is happening, if you get rejected at the resume level, because the further along you get, the more <laughs> of a waste of time this could possibly be for you, right? There, there may not even have been an open position to begin with, right? The company may have changed directions and that, that position goes away. There's a lot of other reasons why the the job description that was is not the job available today or, or, or was never really gonna be available. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so this really uh, highlights something and I wanna come back to this because it kind of takes us full circle. <clears throat> a lot of what we're describing which is invisible to you as a job applicant. You can sidestep all of that by having a great network of people that you can turn to uh when you are looking for a new opportunity because these things don't typically happen to people who have strong networks that they can that they can call on. So that's what you that's what you need to be thinking about. Who do you know? Who could you call? Uh, if you are ready to change jobs or if you're trying to get your first cybersecurity job, um, are you intentionally building your network uh, so that next year you can call somebody, right? A trusted network is the key to, to, to solid work referrals so that you're not wasting time with stuff with phantom job postings. And it's key to a long career. It's not just about getting jobs. It's also about having people that you can turn to when you get stuck on a really important problem that you're trying to solve at work. Right, these are people that you can uh, ask for their advice. Maybe they've been there before. So I want you to understand that 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 a good, strong network, a good, healthy network, is not just about getting jobs. It's also about getting uh, getting help whenever you come into a a difficult uh, situation. So let's Wes, let's turn that um, around, Kip. You know, we let's don't turn that want around. people to go out and do slimy networking, right? So what do you mean?
1: So let's turn that around just a little bit and say, instead of the network is there for you to have somebody to call, what if you were the person people were comfortable calling when they needed help, right? Networking is not uh, a bunch of handshakes at a conference, especially in COVID land, right? During the COVID era, Mm -hmm. we do not want to have a bunch of handshaking at a conference. Uh, It's also not collecting LinkedIn connections, right? Please don't assume that having a thousand LinkedIn connections is the way to having a strong network. That is not your your source of strength in that. Right? Networking is it is making a friend that you can call and that can call you. Definitely. In fact, the kind of friend that really does call is the strongest. <laughs> right? Because, oh yes. yeah, you can call me anytime is, is a very Seattle nice way of saying, we'll see you later. Maybe we'll never talk again, right? But mm-hmm. actually having a friend who calls you or that you call is, is a powerful, powerful thing, right? Uh, networking can also be creating a memory or a connection that causes a shared and mutual interest in success, right? Mm-hmm. You and I are creating a podcast together. We've been doing this for some time now. We have a shared mutual interest in, in our success for this podcast, but you also mentor me in other places in life as well. So I find that's a really powerful relationship to have. And, and that's a network that started by me uh, working with Josh and Josh saying he knows Kip. And I said, well, can I go with you to lunch? And so <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's absolutely correct.
0: And I learn things from you all the time as well. So it's really a two-way street. And um, you know, we've got to be prepared to give if we want to receive. That's what networking really is, right? It's not any of the stuff that um that makes us cringe. It's all the stuff that we love. I mean, who doesn't want uh, a genuine supportive network that you can um you know that you can pour uh effort into and that and that other people will be there for you? Yeah, that's fantastic. So uh in the age of pandemic and quarantine and a lot of this in person uh, uh opportunity is not there so you're going to have to get good at uh you know virtual networking and and the truth is is we're all getting good at it right we're all learning how to do um most of what we need to do uh by zoom call or google meet or you know whatever whatever the video conferencing system is that um that you're learning so um you know until until things uh, loosen up again you know, don't wait. Don't wait.
1: There are plenty of industry events that are still happening in the evenings, uh, whether it's an ISC2 or an ISSA or a, a ISACA yep. or a, a Privacy Association. Those are just the first four that come to the top of my mind. Those are happening via Zoom. Yeah, and B-sides, right? For there's, there's B-sides. And yeah, there's and B-sides, the... right?
0: Every month almost every major city.
1: AWS reInvent is going to be online and free this year, right? What a great opportunity to jump into that there as well. There you go. So uh, understand you know, that when That's a good you...
0: point is that going, by going virtual, you can actually reduce the cost, right? So it's more f- uh, accessible.
1: When you go to these events, when you engage, you're there to help others. You're there to be a resource to others. And in the process, the resources will come to you as well.
0: Definitely. All right. Well, we're coming up on the end of our episode. Um, any final words, Wes?
1: Just that understanding the, the well water filtering system is hard, and it, and it takes an expert a person willing to, a smart person, willing to apply themselves to get to fresh water. And the same is true when we're trying to find the right job for us. We've got to apply all of the skills and abilities we're going to be bringing to that job in our job search to make sure that we get the results we're looking for.
0: Yeah, and then we can have water over the long haul.
1: Outstanding.
0: (laughs) Okay, everybody, if you liked our podcast episode, then you should consider signing up for our masterclass where we go way in deep, uh, in depth with uh, topics like this and topics we haven't even gotten to yet on the podcast. The masterclass is called How to Get Your Dream Cybersecurity Job as told by hiring managers. And back in April of 2020, one of our students got his dream cybersecurity job before he even finished all the lessons. I, I was very inspired by his story. I think you will be. If you want to check it out, go to yourcyberpath.com forward slash Steve, S-T-E-V-E, and check it out. He'll tell you about it in his own words. So until next time, remember, you're just one path away from your dream cybersecurity job. See you later.